Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Welcome to episode 11 of the Bagels and Locks podcast with David Santola. My name is Chase Fedorsky. And Dave, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe if you tailed us once again, you had a really shitty weekend. <laughs> yeah, but um, I mean, look, if you're tailing us at this point, I, I you got to take a serious look in the mirror and question what you're doing with your life. Um, for weeks now, we've been suggesting that this is the podcast to fade and that we could really make you some money. And week after week, that uh, that continues to prove true. Yeah, so uh, I went one and four last week. I'm 22, 27, and one on the year, which I still think gives me a relatively sizable lead, which tells you all you need to know about this season. Uh, Dolphins minus three and a half versus the Browns. That was the win. Two was good. Trust the two a train. Uh, Rams minus three versus the Cardinals. Dave Wake football tangentially let me down again there. Um, whatever. Louisville Not plus seven me, versus man. Clemson. Uh, I know nothing about the uh, the uh, well, conference, ACC. Not the Pac-12. Um, Clemson came to play. They bounced back. They won by a million. Uh, we're done with Rock Chalk Jayhawk for the season. It was fun while it lasted. Texas Tech took a dookie on their faces. Uh, and Seattle plus two and a half versus Tampa Bay. Can't, you know. Can't trust a Nazi to lose in Germany. And uh, Brady did what he needed to do. And I will also say, screw you to the Rams, um, because basically you let Brady win that game in 40 seconds, and now somehow the Bucs are going to come out of the NFC. Don't ask me how, but they have a bad division. They're going to host a playoff game, and this is how the fucking dark magic works. <laughs> I mean, the NFC is so soft right now that I, I was trying to figure out who I think is going to come out, and that I – I genuinely have no idea. I think it could be the Seahawks, to be totally honest. So, oh my you might God. not be wrong with the Bucks. We can dance on Russell Wilson's grave. Uh, would you? Did you go one and four with the model? Yeah, the model was one and four. Um, we are back to the drawing board. Let me. Um, if I sound more chipper about it than I have in past weeks, it's because I'm just at the acceptance stage at this point. Um, but some really staggering stats just to quantify how truly horrific I have been at gambling um, really just the last three weeks. So three weeks ago, I was one and four last week. I was uh, famously 0 and five. Shout out to everybody that made a point to text me and and remind me of that. Um, And then this week I was back to one and four, even though I bet based on some analytical model that really just um, fucked me over. So shout out to the model guy who's, who's now claiming by the way that, it's doing great, but I don't know. That wasn't my experience. So anyway, one for some fun statistics. Um, over my last 13 bets, I am one in 12. My one win being the one that I had this week. Um, on the season, I am 16 and 34. And for those of you that have been telling me, and I can't imagine that person exists, um, your return on investment is negative 39% and you're down almost 20 units. So um, anyway, I guess that's a long-winded way of saying if you're a hard money lender 
or a loan shark and you're listening to this podcast, I might be the right person for you to reach out to, uh, especially if things keep going this way. So anyway, um, my five picks, again, four of them losers, which is better than five, I guess. Uh, Rams minus three, loser. Packers plus four and a half, my only winner in the last 13 bets. Thank you, Aaron Rodgers. Um, Saints minus one and a half, Bears minus three, and Seahawks plus two and a half. Okay, I have a few observations to make. Observation number one, um, my takeaway from that whole spiel was you said people were texting you about the 0-5. So that means people are listening. So that's that's cool, at least, silver lining and everything. Um, and two, we're going to blame friend of the show, Stephen Jagero, for that uh, Bears minus three because Bears money line, and our guest today was with me when I placed this uh, – Five-team parlay. And the only thing that didn't hit was Bears' money line because this fucking Bears fan, Steve, was like, oh, Joseph Fields, we got the greatest quarterback in the world. And he promptly threw a pick six. It wasn't Fields' fault that they lost, but uh, clearly Bears Nation does not believe in the concept of the mush. Alas, no good. Needless to say, our guest this week, somehow through 11 weeks, we're talking about soccer for the second time. I, I don't know. I don't do our programming. That's Dave. Uh, but it is the World Cup. It's World Cups every four years, five, four, and four, three, five, six. Four years. Every four years, like the Olympics, it's the only time I'm a soccer fan. USA's in it. Go Christian Pulisic, my guy. And welcome back. We're going to talk football, and then he's going to walk you through the World Cup. Feels good to be back. All right. We um, were, uh, were sick of talking football, so we're going to do these picks really quickly because we're trying to get to some football. We're switching from football to football. Um, all right, I got two NFL, three college. So I'm going to start in the college rank. I'm going to rip the Band-Aid off of this one. And I'm going to preface with I am not picking UCLA plus two and a half at home versus USC because they're my team. Anyone who knows me knows UCLA has caused me nothing but heartbreak over the years. Last year's last week's loss against Arizona uh, is a perfect example to eliminate us out of the playoff. However, Travis Dye, USC star running back, out for the year, he broke his leg. Um, but mainly the reason I'm picking this game, and I think you guys will both agree with this, the Pac-12, since you, since all three of us were in college, does every single thing possible to fuck up their chances to play in the college football playoff. Whether it's Oregon and Utah, Arizona State being Oregon a few years ago, they ensure mutually assured destruction every single time. USC is the only one-loss team with a shot at the playoff. And for that reason and that reason only – I think UCLA wins at home because the Pac-12 cannot get out of their own way. <laughs> I agree that USC has to lose because of this phenomenon, which we discovered last year. I, I, I put a big bet down on Oregon again in that Utah game, and you told me about this, and I said, that's ridiculous. Um, it clearly exists. The question is, does the big USC loss happen this week, or does it happen – some other week. So let's take a look at their schedule. I think it happens this week because I don't you're, think they because lose you're a UCLA fan. I think, I get I think it. Notre Dame's got too many good wins this year already. We 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 have absolutely no idea who or what Notre Dame is. That's proven week in and week out. We've lost every Notre Dame bet we've placed. Um, look, it has to happen one of the next two weeks. I guess it could happen in the Pac-12 championship game. So one of the next three weeks. Um, so flip a three-sided coin, and it's maybe a good bet. Yeah. UCLA also, again, different coaching regime. They put up 63 points against USC last year, and USC's defense is even worse. Um, so just food for thought. That's my first pick. Go Bruins. Dave, what do you like this week? And how are you picking this week? Better question. You know, 
Um, I thought about a couple of different approaches for this week because obviously I need to keep switching stuff up. Um, I looked into getting a podcast exorcist to exercise the demons that are running through this show. Um, it's wildly expensive to have a priest come on your sports gambling podcast. And generally the priests don't respond well to your Twitter DMs when you ask them. So that one was out. Um, explored a couple other things. I'm out on analytics and stats and models because that didn't work so well. So ultimately I came back right where I started, which is picking NFL games five minutes before the show based on my gut. Um, so that's what we're going to do. So no college this week. I picked every college game wrong all year. I don't think I've had a single one outside of that big Tennessee bet. By the way, people forget I had the bet of the year. I told you to take Tennessee money line when they beat Bama. So that should count for something. Bet of the year. Don't forget. Um, my first pick, anyway, is um, I'm taking the Eagles minus seven uh, away against the Colts. I think the theme of this week is bounce back games and, and overreactions. Um, Eagles obviously lost a really bad game um, Monday night and, and the Colts won a really nice one with new coach Jeff Saturday. So I think this line looks a lot different than it would have been just a week ago. I think this would have been a double digit line if, uh, if those two outcomes hadn't played out the way they did Sunday. Um, and I think they're probably at the end of the season, we'll look back and say that last week was an anomaly for both teams. So I like the Eagles in a blowout bounce back week. Yeah, I don't hate that. I think the, the I think the biggest thing is I think their pass rush can get to Matt Ryan, which is something the Raiders couldn't do last week. Uh, you know, everyone's talking about how Jeff Saturday turned their whole line again. The Raiders are bad. So, uh, yeah, I can see the Eagles coming out and kicking the crap out of them. Dave, I have a quick aside ACC question for you as our resident ACC expert. Yeah, again, I've lost every ACC bet I've made. No, no, it, it has nothing to do with a bet. It's about a specific player. Sure. I have been banging the drum probably since I saw him play in the first game against Appalachian State this year, and I found out his brother is Luke uh, is Luke May of Elite Eight game-winning shot national championship winner lore. Drake May should be winning the Heisman far and away, in my opinion. And I get that it's the ACC, but it just bums me out he's not getting any love. I think he'll start to get love. I mean, that kid can play. Um, and I've, I've heard some buzz, mostly from other ACC people, that he should be in Heisman contention. But, I mean, I think the stats stand up. You know, they, I think they only have one loss. So, you know, especially if they play uh, – if they keep playing well down the stretch, you know, they give Clemson a run for it in the uh, ACC championship game. I, I absolutely think he should be there as a finalist, which is pretty cool for a true freshman. Tough to win it, you know playing for Carolina and they're so bad. Their defense is so bad. Um, they haven't really beaten anybody. Um, but I, I, I agree. I think they'll start to get some luck. So oh, I got big Drake May guy over here. And first pick who we got. Um, I'm taking Ole Miss minus two and a half against Arizona. Um, that I, doesn't seem right. Yeah. They play Arkansas, big block. Arkansas. Sorry. Not Arizona. Um, Ole Miss still kind of has something to play for for this season. Uh, Arkansas has been kind of shaky. I think they've lost three of their last four, actually. And um, I don't know. It seems like a weird line. Yeah, I took this off right before the game. LSU played uh, – Arkansas played LSU close last week, but K.J. Jefferson, their quarterback, still out. Um, and I think the lane train uh, – again, Dave said the theme of this week is bounce back. They did not look good against Bama last week. I think Jackson Darden, that offense, bounce back. I, I like the pick. 
Omus lines yes. have been weird all year is all I'll say. Every yeah, time I look true. at the line, it doesn't make sense because I, they're just a weird team. I think they get a lot more help when they're at home versus away, and they're away here. So I don't know. I, I, just, I have no feel for it. My next pick, I'm sticking in the SEC. LSU minus 14 and a half at home versus UAB. LSU survived in advance last week against Arkansas, won the SEC West. They're heading to the SEC title game against Georgia. Uh, UAB is five and five. This game is in Death Valley. Again, this isn't one of those UAB teams under Bill Clark from a few years ago that won nine, 10 games. This is an average at best mid-major team. Uh, I think Jalen Daniels and the offense lighted up at home. Probably, if I had to guess, their last home game before the SEC championship. Uh, I think the seniors especially come out to play LSU big. Why is this line 14 and not something that starts with a big two or a three? I, 14 and a half. I don't know. I admittedly didn't do a ton of research on it, which is on me, but I saw it. I'm running with it. Well, as chief rat line officer, I want to firmly stamp this game as a rat line. Um, do with that what you will. To me, that means bet UAB because there's something, there's some cheese here to be sniffed out. And they know something that you don't. So I would, I would tell everybody to at least be careful with this one. Yeah, no, that's fair. I got another one of those coming up too. <laughs> What's your second pick? <laughs> um, I got Bears plus three at the Falcons. Um, I, I stand so corrected. I keep saying that the Bears can't shoot, shoot teams out forever, but it kind of feels like they can. It seems like this offense is for real. Um, and I don't think the Falcons can keep up with them. And even if they do, I like the Bears getting points. And it feels like they're kind of due to win one of these close shootouts. So um, I, I like the Bears this week. And, and I'll, I'll probably take them plus three. But, but there's a chance that I, I end up taking a money line. I guess it'll depend Does it matter to you that Khalil Herbert is out or irrelevant? It doesn't feel like it should matter. I mean, is, was he that much better than Montgomery? I mean, they're, they're, they're best running back plays quarterback anyway. No, I uh, I agree. I mean, the Bears should have won last week. I think Fields has been lining it up. And I think the Falcons, I get that you want to keep Mariota playing, but at this point in the season, I would go to Desmond Ritter. It's hard because you're technically still in the division race by nature of the division, but Mariota ain't it. And to me, that gives the Bears the edge with the points. Yeah, I don't know why Ritter's not playing. I agree. And pick number two. Um. Shout out Jay for this one. I'm taking the pack minus three and a half tomorrow night. Um, I think I'm beginning to feel like a bit of a snowball formation. The Packers offense, I think they're turning a corner. Um, they need to win this game. They don't have an easy, they don't have an easy slate of games coming up. And um, I think the Titans ruled out a couple starters today. Um, I'm, so I'm kind of leaning towards Green Bay. If I was to bet on this game, I would take Tennessee with the points only because I think Vrabel is an unbelievable coach, gets the most out of his players. Uh, but Tannehill's clearly banged up. He did not look good against Denver yeah. last week. And to me, this is as simple as if the Packers did what they did last week against Dallas and commit to running the ball to help set up Aaron Rodgers, then, yeah, they're a really tough team to beat. They got two stud running backs. If they have Rodgers throw 30, 40 times again, they're going to get the shit kicked out of him. I think Aaron Jones had 26 rushes last week. Yeah. Like Run the ball with Jones and Dylan. Then you don't need Christian Watson to score three touchdowns. Yeah. I digress. Dave, any thoughts on this one? Uh, I'm just trying to look up. I don't know anything about the Tennessee rush defense. Um, Pretty good. It looks like it is the second best in the NFL. 
Um, and to your point, if, if Rogers has to, uh, if, if it's not a third and long, I, I don't see this offense moving the ball because they haven't all year. So um, I, I love the Titans with the points after, uh, after that stat. So is this game in, in Green Bay or Tennessee? In, in Green, Green Bay. Bay. And I'm just going to re- rattle off the wins the Titans have this year before we move on. They've beaten the Raiders, the Colts twice, the Commanders, the Texans, and the Broncos. Those are their wins. Not great. Not That's great. pretty soft. Yeah. That's pretty soft. But the Packers suck. The Packers have looked awful outside of last week where it's not like they dismantled a great team. They barely beat an okay team. And they've looked bad for the you know the six weeks prior to that. So Tomorrow – Tomorrow night in Wisconsin and Green Bay, high of 31, low of 24. Uh, I would actually probably lean with the under in this game. It's good. Thanks. I don't know. That sounds like Derrick Henry weather to me. Oh, God. God bless. I, I, don't, know. I don't know who I'm playing in fantasy this week, but that would be. I don't know. I, yeah, I also have Rodgers and Aaron Jones. So, Well, one of the Aarons will probably do something good. Root and tomorrow, tomorrow night could go very good or very bad. Oh, we'll see. My third and final college pick, I'm, and again, I'm going to preface with saying, Dave, probably a bit of a rat line, but uh, I'm going TCU minus two and a half versus Baylor. They took care of business against Texas last week. The defense has been the big question mark. They held Texas 10 points. Max Dugan in the offense did just enough. Baylor could play spoiler here, but I'm a, I'm a believer in what Sonny Dykes is doing in year one there. Um, I think if this TCU team loses, it won't be until the Big 12 title game. I could see K-State or okay state who ends up getting that second spot, maybe giving them trouble on a neutral site. But I think TCU is one, just one of those teams. They might win ugly, but they win. And there's a reason that they were where they are in the CFP ranking. So I like TCU to stay undefeated minus two and a half. I agree that they're due to lose. They're not going to make the playoffs. Someone's going to beat them. So the question is, is it, is it this weekend against Baylor at Baylor or is it um, in the in the Big 12 title game? I don't know. Flip a coin. But this is clearly a rat line. You're right. What, what's Baylor's record? Sometimes you got to eat the cheese. Yeah, I mean, Baylor. Baylor has not been good this year. They, they followed up a very strong last season with a bit of a letdown. Yeah, but they played everybody close, including a couple of bad teams. Um, West Virginia. No, look, the pressure is all on. Pressure is all on TCU. Baylor has nothing to lose. I, I just, I'm a believer in what this team's doing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about the Big 12, but I don't, I just don't see TCU making the playoff. Um, and this feels like a rat line, so I'm staying away. That's cool. I even said it was a rat at the beginning, so we're all on the same page. Uh, pick number three for you, sir. What do you got? Yeah, in the spirit of comeback games and bounce back games, um, I got Buffalo minus eight at home against the Browns. Um, this is a, another one where a week ago or two weeks ago, even um, this would have been a two touchdown at least line, but Buffalo looked mortal the last two weeks. Um, and I, I think that they're going to be, you know, I, I think they've been a little complacent. Everybody, you know, there was so much talk about how they're the best team in the league and, and, you know, best offense in the league and, and, and a top five defense and, and they're unstoppable and, and, war pass to the top seed in the Super Bowl. Um, and I think all that's true. And I think they, they in the locker room, heard that a little bit and took their foot off the gas a little bit. Um, but I, I have, a, have a feeling that they won't do that again this week and that they'll come out hot and they'll blow out a Cleveland team that's just not that good. Um, 
I mean, the Cleveland quarterback's not even taking first team reps in practice anymore. They got Watson back in practice. That that can't bode well either. What's the over under there? Uh, that is a good question. I don't like a lot of points here. I mean, the Browns. I don't either. Forty-four. Oh, that's a that's tough. My uh, my one piece of analysis tangentially related to this game is with the Bills losing next week or last week. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to fucking roll for the Super Bowl. If the AFC is going through Arrowhead and, and Mahomes, it's amazing. I mean, they lost the guy in Tyreek Hill who was overwhelmingly the best offensive player in football this year. I don't think there's anybody even close in terms of skill players. And the offenses look just as good. I think they are going to roll through the AFC. How's their schedule looking the rest of the year? Don't matter. I don't know. I mean, they lost. They lost. The Colts loss was a bad loss. Yeah. Um, no, but every, you know, everyone's got one of those blemishes. Um, I can see them winning out. I'll say that. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about this later. I, I just wanted to give my two cents. As for the Buffalo game, yeah, the Browns' defense is just abysmal. Mm-hmm. I, I think, Josh, I think I think actually what the Bills need to do this week is get Naeem Hines in the short game involved more because uh, Allen's elbow is clearly fucked up. Yeah. Take a little I pressure mean, that, off the star quarterback. Card. That, the wild card is, like, how hurt is he and how much is it really affecting his game? Um, but, I mean, even outside of Allen, like, they're just – they're, they're so much better offensively than, than the Browns are at this point. I just – I don't think the Browns can keep up. And pick number three. Um, I'm going back to that Bears game, and I'm taking the under 49 points. And that might sound a little obscure because the way the Bears offense has been playing lately. And, like, the Falcons have put up points too at times. But, um, I don't know, I feel like there's got to be some reversion coming up soon. And 49 seems a little high for me. And did you guys know Khalil Herbert's out uh, on injured reserve? We Dude, just talked about that. I, my say, I think I, I think I said it. I might have imagined it, but I probably wasn't listening to that, or I, may, I missed it. Great. Uh, we bring right. you That's... on as a guest, our first ever recurring podcast guest, and you zone out in the middle of it. That's unbelievable. We got to start doing drug tests before these guests, Chase. Let me tell you, I stayed sober for this podcast too. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You're the only. I think one. that's a bigger loss than people may think. I mean, I don't because at the same time, they'll actually use David Montgomery now. So we just spoke about this, whether it was a big loss or not. I know. I know. We're moving on. All right. My two NFL picks. Not bad. Um, I'm going to go Commanders minus three versus the Texans. Uh, the Commanders get Chase Young back this week, which I think helps a lot defensively. Look, the Eagles kind of handed them that game. They had some bad turnovers, a couple bad fumbles, and a really moronic penalty on. Uh, Brandon Graham on roughing the passer in the game, which was like the classic, like, it's the right call, but it was a terrible call type of call. That was so um, tough to watch. And Taylor Heineke celebrating like he just won the Super Bowl was, you know, embarrassing. <laughs> but all that said, um, having watched that Giants-Texans game last week, uh, one area where the commanders excel is uh, run defense, run defense, run defense. Um, so I think they'll shut down Damian Pierce and just watching – that Texans-Giants game last week, their offense otherwise is not super impressive. And I think the commanders, you know, look, with Taylor Heineke, they move the ball a bit. They throw it to Scary Terry a little bit more. But I think the biggest thing is, as great of a story as Brian Bullets robinson was, um, they're remembering that Antonio Gibson <laughs> is a very special elite talent, and they're giving him the ball. 
And to me, this is as simple as teams rolling a bit. They're five and five. They're running the ball. Um, and the Texans are looking forward to next year having the first pick in the draft and finally being able to hire Josh McCown as head coach. Did you come up with that, Brian the Bullet Robinson? No, not Brian the Bullet, just Brian Bullets Robinson. And I actually yes, really I'll, like that nickname. I'll be getting I'll be getting t-shirts made. Let's <laughs> sue me. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, those t-shirts are going well. Don't wear them. Don't wear them. In hey, public. You said that was three, uh, but no, well done. Yeah. Uh, commanders minus three. Three. Yeah, I agree. This offense is so one-dimensional, the, the Texans' offense. I mean, Heineke can win you a game, but he can also lose you the game. I feel like that's how you lose this bad is if you get a big Heineke turnover sure, game. Of but, course. But, but honestly, yeah. the Houston defense isn't good anyway. So I, if I'm going to bet it, I'd probably bet it that way. Um, but that would make me want to watch it, and I don't. So uh, I'm probably not betting it. It's actually my third pick as well, Chase, funny enough. Well, well you want to add any more analysis? or is that Yeah, I think they show – First of all, I thought they looked good, and even though they kind of got bailed out by some unfortunate plays on the Eagles' side, I thought they moved the ball pretty well uh, against an 8-0 team. And I think Heineke's like the only Washington quarter, Washington starter in like the last seven or eight years to have like a winning record or something. Yeah, I mean, he showed just- that stat. He's just, you know, look, I don't think he's that guy, but like, he, you know, he gets the team fired up. Yeah. And they got, I kind of like their receiving core, like oh, as a whole. Terry, Dotson, Curtis Samuel. Yeah. Like, uh, does Logan Thomas have any brain cells left to tight end? I don't know. It just always seems like if they have all three of those guys on the field, then like their, their number three guy is going to win the matchup against. The defense is number three guys. And their defensive line with Chase Young back, and they have Chase yeah. Young, Jonathan Allen, and Montez Sweat up front is good. Yeah, they've always – yeah. That's a, that's a good D-line. Dave, before you make a fourth pick, uh, I'm actually going to – can I give some quick Mets love real quick? Sure. Yeah, I'm not going to reciprocate with Yankee love, but go ahead. Well, that's, <laughs> that's okay. We have no love at the moment. Um, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Buck Showalter real quick, who in my mind – and don't fact-check me on this, but – I would have to guess there's no managers currently in the Hall of Fame who have never won a World Series. And Buck just won manager of the year with uh, for the fourth time with four different teams. And I have to think that gets you into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. No, I mean, damn, Chase, really appreciate you coming out and, and saying that super backhanded compliment. Um, so nice of you to stop the whole pod for that. Really appreciate it. You calling out specifically that there's no World Series to uh, – Hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Thanks. Hey. I'm going to make the, my next pick now. Dave, he was the Yankees. I'm going to show – he managed the Yankees for four years and didn't win a World Series there either. Yeah, yeah. You're backtracking now. That was a ba- – that was a totally it – was, it wasn't even a backhanded compliment. It was like a, a forehanded insult. The Mets fans look for the worst and everything, and I try to look for the best. So there you go. What's your fourth pick? Bengals minus four at the Steelers. Um, the Steelers stink. The Bengals are, I mean, their offense is questionable right now, but um, yeah, I don't really have much more than that. I think, uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm going to bet against the Steelers a lot for, for the rest of the year because I see them totally phoning it in. Yeah, I hate to end my picks with a whimper, but I also took Bengals minus four. I will say Steelers are 2-0 and this year when T.J. Watt has played. 
Um, but I think the fact that Mika Fitzpatrick, who had to get an emergency appendectomy last week uh, and will not be playing, that's huge. Even though there's no Jamar Chase, um, I think with Boyd and Hayden Hurst, they'll be fine offensively. T. Higgins, I don't know why I didn't name Hayden. him first. Yeah. Um, and Mixon scored like five touchdowns the last time they played. They're going to commit back to the run, which I think helps. So that's it for me. And you want to say your fifth pick? Yeah, sure. I'm taking the Eagles minus seven in a bounce back game <laughs> against the Colts. Yo, Ant, we already we talked about You didn't this want to pick. chime in on this? <laughs> we talked about this pick 25 minutes ago. My guy Ant, yo, my guy Ant just came on the podcast like I don't I, I don't even know. On on a cloud somewhere. He's he's like are you doing other things? Are you smoking? He looks drugs? so confused. Wait, I what? Mean, yeah, it was my first pick. Eagles minus seven. I did this whole thing about how it was a bounce back game and everybody's all in on just Saturday. And this would have been a two touchdown line last week. All right. I mean, well, I had it in a, a specific orders and I and I didn't uh, mention it. I, I it for last. I, I actually think one the best... brain cell must be working so hard right now. I actually I'm think it all best... for the actual content. I think the best part is that you also use Dave's exact words where Eagles minus seven and a bounce back. It's not even <laughs> that you made the pick. That's you actually quoted him verbatim. <laughs> well, in the transcript of this episode, it's going to actually have quotations around it. Dude, so. If they have transcripts of these episodes, I'm going. <laughs> to, to everybody listening to this podcast right now, I want you to congratulate yourself and pat yourself on the back because you have listened to more of this podcast and been more involved than Ant has for the past 32 minutes and 20 seconds. It's all right. So, We're going to get some Dynamo World Cup analysis. Yeah, we'll, we'll, also, see, we'll also see the records at, at, the, uh, at the end of the week, too. We, right. we, we can't wait for Cloud Boys World Cup analysis at this point. You really got the listeners excited now that you've completely phoned in the football he's, portion he's, of it. He's, he's luring them in for the football. I'm a, uh, fo- I'm a football guy. I'm not a football guy. Yeah, apparently they don't speak English in the World Cup either. Uh, Dave, your fifth and final pick. Uh, yeah, I got Cowboys minus one and a half at the Vikings. Um, my rat line detector went off big time for this one. And as the chief rat line detection officer, uh, I felt obligated to give you listeners a heads up. Um, the Vikings are, I think they have the best record in the whole NFL. And somehow they're, this doesn't make any sense. Somehow they're getting points. I didn't realize it's also at home against the Cowboys team that just lost to a bad Packers team. Did I like accidentally get an alternate line? This is one of the most shocking rat lines I've seen all season. People love Kirk Cousins dancing with his chains. No, they hate him because they're betting against him when he should be. I mean, this could have been like a Vikings minus five and a half or six. How is it Dallas minus one and a half? I mean, dude, um, the amount of shit that needed to go right for the Vikings to win that game with against the Bills was off the charts. I mean, Diggs made quite possibly the greatest catch I've ever seen. Kirk Cousins gets stopped on the goal line. Not Diggs, uh, Justin Jefferson. And then Josh Allen fumbles it in the end zone. I can talk about how much of a rat line this is, all of that aside, for, for the next 10 minutes. But I want to get to Ant's uh, – really involved and tuned in World Cup preview. So I'm going to flip it over to him. Um, that okay. last pick, again, Dallas minus one and a half. I can't believe that's really the line. <laughs> and before you go into your World Cup analysis, do you ever yeah. buy around World Cup time the uh, Panini like World Cup stickers? Mm-hmm. 
Dude, if you have those, save them. Like those in good condition. Apparently, people love stickers. I know. I don't have any of the ones I kept growing up, which is kind of a shame. Mm, probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah, it's um, okay. I didn't. I, I I didn't collect many, but I know how popular they are. All right, it's the World Cup, the time where idiot Americans like me tune into soccer for the first time in four years. Uh, and give us some analysis. All right, thanks, Chase. Yeah, so this is the first ever World Cup that goes on in the winter. And um, let's just say it sucks, but we don't have a choice about the schedule. So um, I'm just going to give a quick group-by-group preview, tell you who's going to make it out, tell you some dark horses, tell you what I think's going to win, and tell you top scorer. I think that that's fair. Um, group A, we got Qatar, Ecuador, Netherlands, and Senegal. All right, biggest game in this group is the opening game on this Sunday, Ecuador-Qatar. I think that if Ecuador wins this game, they're going to end up making it out of the group. I think the Dutch sweep this clean. And then when it comes down to Ecuador versus Senegal, I think it's their last game together. Whoever wins or has the higher goal differential out of that game is going to be going through. That's why this is so important for Ecuador. Plus 135 Ecuador this Sunday, 11 a.m. And there's a lot of rumors that if Ecuador beats the home nation, that the Qatar government will. Yeah, that's what I was also thinking. The entire Ecuadorian men's team. Is that true? The entire reason this is in Qatar in the first place is such bullshit. Like FIFA was clearly bribed to do this. Do you think execution free World Cup? I don't know. I don't know if they're going to have some script or bullshit with Qatar, like getting a result in their first game or not. But no executions. No, I mean, let's hope not. I can guarantee you there's going to be some terrible fan fan coverage. Um, but anyway, uh, I want to keep this moving. So Group B is the U.S., England, Wales, and Iran. Um, I'm really excited to watch the U.S. play on Monday. And I think that this Wales game is the most important in the group. It's the fight for second place, essentially. Um, England, let's be honest, they're probably going to beat Iran and Wales, even though I'm not a fan of their lineup. Um, If the U.S. has anything to play for in the England game, I'm taking or I plan to take the U.S. either. It's probably going to be plus a half. Um, I don't have a line on it yet, though. But anyway, USA, Wales, I'm going to take USA with a draw, no bet, minus 125. So it's basically a pick 'em, minus one twenty five. Um, and obviously, I, not obviously, but I think England comes in first year and the U.S. comes in second. And thought that the USA thoughts on the USA logo replacing the stars and stripes with the pride rainbow. I hated their, you know, I was just talking. Well, not about this in particular, but I was talking about the U.S. jerseys in my office with some kid, and it their jerseys literally look like one of those like. Under Armour shirts you'd get from like Dick's Sporting Goods, like one of the shitty like twenty five dollar like running shirts. They're so ugly. I don't have any comment on the stars and stripes though, Chase. Unfortunately, that's good. Um, that's good I that you're leaning out of the political commentary. Yeah, yeah. I can't be backing myself into any corners here. Um. Anyway, not a fan of the jersey. I'm somewhat optimistic about the team. Right. Uh, Argentina, Saudi Arabia. Uh, Mexico and Poland, right. Um, I think this is going to be a cakewalk for Argentina. 
Um, they're actually, you know, I, I, I might as well say it now, but I think they're my pick to win the whole thing. I think they're plus 600 right now. It may have changed. Um, Messi's playing very well right now. I think he's the best player in the world still. Um, this Argentina team has the best back line sat in about three or four World Cups. And, and, uh, and I expect them to absolutely steamroll this. I do think that Poland gets out of this group, though, along with them, although I'm not making it very far. Um, Chase, I know, uh, I know we're running out of time, so I'm going to move fast. So I'm just going to give a quick heads up on teams to look out for. Okay. Uh, I'm very pessimistic on France. Everyone who doesn't watch soccer is going to see that they won the last World Cup. Um, all these, and, and they're going to be like, oh, like these guys are probably going to have a good chance of winning the whole thing. A um, lot of question marks in their lineup right now. Uh, a ton of injuries to their starting 11. We don't know how they're going to come out. And I, you know, based on past history there, they tend to be a bunch of divas at the World Cup if things don't go their way. So I'm fading them. I think they'll make it out of the group, but losing the round of 16. Um, Germany and Spain, both weak squads, overrated a little bit. Um, don't expect them to make it too far. Um, dark horse of the tournament, though, we'll end it here, Chase, is uh, Uruguay. A bunch of their guys are in the best form of their careers right now heading into this World Cup, and they're always a tough out here, always. They made the quarterfinals four years ago, semifinals eight years ago. Um, with a better squad this year than the prior two. And um, I think people are sleeping on them. Just remember, the Argentinians make great meets, and Ant's picking them to win the World Cup. On that note, we'll be here same time, same place, next week with Anthony, with Dave. My name is Chase. This is the Bagels and Locks podcast. Have a great week. <laughs>